Explore Milwaukee's past and its future, one building at a time. This is Urban Spelunking with On Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzillo and me, Nate Immig, from 88.9. To the Marquette University campus this week on Urban Spelunking, we're at 12th in Wisconsin at Yezu Church. Yes. This is the, the second oldest church on the Marquette campus? Yes, when it was built in 1894, it was the oldest church. It had the title of the oldest for a long time. Yes. Well, until... I guess at the time it was built, it was the newest. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but up until the 1960s, when the St. Joan of Arc Chapel, which is from, you know, medieval France. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way it's ever going to catch up to that, right? Right. And it, so that we're talking like 1600s. No, the, older than that. Older than that, yeah, 1400s? I think so, yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah. So so they brought that building over from France and yes. plopped it on the Marquette University campus. Yeah, it had stopped somewhere on the East Coast first for a while, but but yeah, it came from France and promptly kicked Jesu out of the uh, running for the oldest church on the Marquette campus. But it's still uh, plenty of history. It's still an old church. What Tons. Is- it has its 125th anniversary as we speak. Wow. That is an old church. It's a pretty old church, yeah. So and, what- you know, I should point out that it is not a Marquette church. As much as people uh, associate the two together, they're, of course, intricately entwined uh, culturally and in practical terms, but the church is actually separate from Marquette University. Okay. So it's on the campus, but not not run by Marquette. Right. Got it. Yes. I was reading this article that you wrote, Bobby. I was just surprised with the size and the scale. I mean, um, 1,400-some people could fit just in the lower level. And yeah, it's ginormous. Five. So we're talking like 2,000 people could potentially fit in here for, for a big service. Yeah, it's, it's pretty big. And when you go in there, it's almost like if you've been to Europe, it's almost like when you go into those European cathedrals it's, and you yeah. just look up and it just keeps going. When you go inside, it's big, but it's also just gorgeous. I mean, it's got this yeah. kind of... French Gothic vibe going, right? Yeah, and it's got these um, those stained glass windows in there are sort of unique in that they're all made in this Bavarian style by the same studio. Um, oh, okay. So they didn't come at the same time; like they were they were bought in groups as they, I guess, as they had the money to do that. When it was in, when it was built, uh, none of the stained glass was there because they didn't have the money for that yet. But then they started to add these windows. So it's a well-known church nationally and probably internationally for this grouping of windows which is i think one of the largest groupings of windows by these makers in the united states oh wow yeah and they are just gorgeous I yeah mean, they're really at, beautiful you just think of the craftsmanship and the just the skill that it took to make stained glass at this time yeah it's incredible and, 125 years ago or, or roughly. yeah right and the, the there's a beautiful rose window that has dozens of panels in it just really nice really nice stuff but the real star of the show is the organ. Yeah, this organ is crazy. It used to be um, at a theater in Chicago. Okay. And then they brought it up here, and they've been sort of adding to it. And they've had a couple of uh, organ masters that have been there for decades and decades and decades. There were like two guys that between them almost account for like half the life of the church or more. Is, um, is... And they were always expanding this organ and improving it. Yeah. So the organ that's in there now is the original organ. Uh, yeah. Um, it's amazing. And when you go up there, it's hard to believe it's the original organ because when you go in there, and, and it has changed a lot over the years as, as they've improved it. Um, but when you go in there and you sit at it, it's almost like a, it's like being in like Apollo 11 or something. You know, the, <laughs> there's so many switches and dials, and now there's so much technology integrated into the system that it's sort of a daunting to to sit there not only are there rows and rows of keys you know and the usual foot pedals and all that and the stops and all that kind of stuff there's also all of this technological stuff it really is 
like you're flying a jetliner. <laughs> but then to hear it in a place like Jesu is just, it's, you can see why, you know, people were impressed and sort of got on their knees. <laughs> <laughs> and um, dozens and dozens and dozens of pipes, right? I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah. Just incredible. And what I thought was really interesting is that uh, one of their staff organists or their staff organist uh, also has another organ gig in Milwaukee. Dean, Dean Roscoe has at least two. Of, he probably has loads of them, but the one that people probably know the best is he is the brewer's organist at Miller Park. People might not know that that's a live organist at Miller Park. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, and he also is the staff organist for this church. Yeah, and he is one of the regulars at Organ Piper Pizza. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk more about this church because uh, Yezu Church on 12th and Wisconsin shares an architect with another really famous Milwaukee building. Um, and we're going to talk more about that plus the path to this uh, this merger, right, that, uh, yeah. that amounted to this church. That's coming up next on our Risky Lunking. Nonprofit Radio Milwaukee is brought to you by you. A membership contribution is your personal commitment to music and to Milwaukee. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org to check out our donor benefits and the thank you gifts you can get to show off your 88.9 pride. So we're back. 12th in Wisconsin on the Marquette campus at Yezu Church. Yes. So should we talk about the, the architect of the shares? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was designed by Henry Koch. That's a name. Yes. We've, and we've talked about him many, many times. He's designed many things. I'm a devotee. Yes. Yes. He designed City Hall mm-hmm. and the Fister. Yep. And the Wells Building, which is still there, and Turner Hall, and a number of Milwaukee schools like Gold in My Ear, for example. To um, me, I, we could just go on and on. We could just go on and on. That is so fascinating that that he just was able to do all these different kinds of buildings. You know, you would think like you do churches and that's what you do. But, yeah. you know, he did these municipal buildings, these school buildings. Uh, and there were some who were like that, like Erhard Brielmeyer was a guy who designed mostly churches, did loads of his work for the Catholic Church and mostly did churches. Once in a while, you'll see his name on other things. But Koch really was one of those guys. He did houses. He did, you know, all kinds of buildings of all different stripes. Um, but he seemed to be pretty savvy at working the uh, governmental angle and the and the church angle, which is like schools and city halls. He did courthouses around Wisconsin, uh, lots of things like that. Are there any details or features that that you can spot in his work? Are there any threads of design that fed through all these buildings? Um, he did a lot of stuff in Romanesque revival um, architecture, like the schools were like that. Golda is like that, and Coggle, which is much like Golda. He did the earliest part of Maryland Avenue, which is like that, although it has a Queen Anne edition now. He did, you know, uh, MLK school on Third and Ring. No, Martin Luther King Jr. School, beautiful school. He did that, which was also a similar design. He won awards for that. Um, so, what, what does that Romanesque revival style? Lots of look arches like? and things like that. But he had, had was the. He also did like Victorian takes on it, where he'd have these like beautiful uh, domes and things like that, and towers like that. Um, but he was, you know. A lot of people are working in that. He's. I, I don't generally find that you can look at the schools. I can generally tell, but the other buildings, everybody is working in very similar styles at the time. So sometimes it's it's not easy to pick out who did what without looking. Yeah. But what's interesting about Coke and Jesu is that the first big commission, the first big job he ever did was Calvary Church, that big red church just yeah. across the freeway from Jesu. Oh, and, and that was the church that he built the spires so high that people thought there's no way they would stay. And so he uh, t- 
tied a team of horses to the top. Remember we talked about yeah, this? I think this a team the of first, horses. This is the first urban spelunking we ever did. And was was like, it? There's no way they did all that. Yeah, you know, and but. there's and he and he proved that it could handle that. that you know that, that it would survive. But this now is like this is 20 years later, and he's respected. He's done tons of things all over Milwaukee and beyond. Um, and so when he builds this church, which has the tallest steeple in Milwaukee, of a Milwaukee church. I don't think anybody questioned whether or not he could make it happen. So he he kind of outdid himself. He or, did. Yeah. And you know, it was it was a big deal because the Jesuits um were building this building because they had two other Jesuit parishes downtown. Um and they wanted to merge them into one. Okay. St. Gall, which is behind where the mall is now. Um and then Holy Family, which was just north of Jesu a few blocks. Uh, so they merged the two parishes together and wanted to sort of make a statement, I think, and say, we're here, the Jesuits are here. <laughs> this is, you know, this is our statement. And they built it where uh, Marquette University was going to be and had started to sprout up. And um, it remains one of the most imposing and sort of recognizable churches in Milwaukee, I think. Yeah, you could definitely spot that spire from yeah. from far away. Yeah, it helps that it runs sort of along, the, the freeway runs along it now, so it you know, everybody sees it coming into town. And now you're going to see it everywhere because you've heard us talking about it. And, uh, you know, it's like it's like one of those things where you, you, you drive past it all the time, mm-hmm. never notice it, and now you're probably going to notice it all the time. Because and you should make us. sure you go inside because yeah. it's beautiful. And in, uh, you mentioned that the, the relationship with Marquette University um, is pretty symbiotic. There's a lot of uh, crossover with their students and the church. So how does that relationship shake it, out? It really is. Like a lot of students are, on the, are in the choir, you know, the... the church you know, attendance is much higher when school is in session than when it's not in session um, because a lot of the congregation these days the attendance at mass comes from Marquette students and faculty and staff who are there staff and faculty who are there All right. and you're of course welcome to go check it out and, and see the building, you don't have to be Catholic to uh, to uh, to go inside and see it they didn't check my ID <laughs> again this is at 12th in Wisconsin Yezu Church, celebrating 125 years. Podcasts here on 88.9 are produced by Kenny Perez, handcrafted sonic inspiration from the Lysis Lab, with support from On Milwaukee and your membership. You can subscribe to this podcast. We encourage you uh, to do that. You can subscribe to Cinnabuds, Tapped In, and This Bites right here at radiomilwaukee.org slash podcasts. On Milwaukee's Bobby Tenzalo. Thanks. Thanks, Nate.